0: you books, and booze. This is your host, Jamie, along with your co-host, Monica. Hello, hello. Welcome, everyone. So last month, I did notice that there were bits where there was no sound, and I really apologize for that. And I'm not going to go back and try to cut all those pieces out because the uh, app that I use for editing is actually kind of difficult to piece together all those So we're just going to leave it as is and I'm sorry about that. But I'm trying something new and I'm going to hopefully monitor what's going on and make sure I see sound waves happening on the app. This month's book Monica picked out. You want to tell us about the book Monica?
1: Yes it is called Happiness is the Way and it's by Dr. Wayne Dyer. And so an overview of the book. So I normally really like this type of book um, Wayne Dyer is a self-help author, motivational speaker. His first book sold millions of, 100 million copies to date. He was a professor of counseling and psychology and had his own practice. And he's in Hay, a Hay House author and speaker, which if anyone who is in the new age self-help field, Hay House is a big deal. They have conferences and speakers come and very well-known and vetted um authors that they have. Um I did note that Happiness is the Way was published after he passed away. So this is kind of a conglomeration of different talks and writings that he've had that he's had. Um, so I think that's gonna be significant after we talk about the book a little bit more. And this an overview of this book I felt like it was a very pull-yourself-up-by-your-bootstraps kind of book, kind of like Girl, Wash Your Face that we talked about in parts. And um, I did kind of want to note that there are so many spiritual and motivational speakers. If you're a seeker, you're going to gravitate to the voice that you relate to most. There are countless ways to enlightenment, thousands of ways to make the same point. You know, so people have a tendency to to draw to who they relate to most. And I will say that I did listen to some Wayne Dyer on YouTube and the tone of this book is completely different than the tone of his speaking. I have not read any of his other books.
0: So Monica picked this book out and I was super excited I am naturally a happy person. In fact, uh, sometimes my coworkers complain that I need to tone the happiness down. Like, Stop being so goddamn happy. This place sucks. And I'm like, all right, I'll try not to be happy. But, like, you sound happy even when you're upset. Because I'll like, I'll sing these little songs like, I want to die. And I'm like, it sounds happy. Why are you happy wanting to die? I'm like, I feel terrible. I have a cold. <laughs>
1: Like even your complaining is happy. What the hell is wrong and with you? And they say happiness is contagious, but it sounds like <laughs> they really need to be less irritated. Yeah, it does, it does. So I, um, I started,
0: I started the book and I, I read the first chapter, and I was like, oh,
1: um, I, I'm not feeling it. <laughs> like, it, it Definitely not a happy vibe. No,
0: in 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 like the the introduction to it too, where the publisher's talking about his first meeting with him, and he's like swearing, I'm like, why the hell don't they have any of my books? And I was kind of
1: like, huh. I felt like that <laughs> introduction was very apt for this book. Like, you know, happiness is the way, and understanding, and you expect spiritual teachers to be holier than human. And they are all just human. So it was important to know that even people who are spiritual teachers, usually they have struggled more with anger and these types of things than normal people are. That's why they can teach it because they've been through it. Right. But I feel like telling that story in the introduction was a setup for <laughs> <laughs> the tone of the book.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. I went on to YouTube and listened to an hour, uh, series of his actually i think it was a bunch of different speeches he had given sort of combined into one and it did have a different tone to it than i felt like this book did i mean like when he was talking about well, instead of being sick i just i tell my kids to feel like they're to put thoughts that they're happy and then our thoughts that they're not sick and then they're fine and i was like uh dude you
1: have never had the flu i i have some notes on that for later (laughs)
0: So tonight, for our beverage, we opted out of booze, and in fact, a local tea shop here in town has this delightful herbal blend that I purchased, that's Cinnamon Delight, I don't actually remember the name of it.
1: It's wonderful, and Apotheca Teas is amazing, like really cool, steampunk- kind of tea house and I think it fits in with the whole self-help kind of new age thing because tea houses are the new bars
0: and this is uh especially super delicious uh it's number 16 if you want to go in and order some and uh don't bother to tell them we sent you to show up <laughs> 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 they'll, they'll be like
1: oh oh yeah those people we know that. yeah so um this book has three parts. So I sort of made some notes about each part and some relevant topics in each one. So part one is titled Respond with Ability. And the chapters are Attitude is Everything, The Choice is Yours, What You Do You Expect, and Who You Really Are. So The first thing that I noticed was he does say happiness comes from within. No limit people can see problems as potential and growth. You don't approach problems as if it should be difficult. So it's about agreeing with what is and having acceptance for for what is, not being in denial about what is, and having a problem resolution type attitude about things. And I do agree with that. I do think that it's harder to do in the heat of the moment. It is a practice. Right. That's not something that you can just say, oh, you know, I'm going to see all my problems as potential from now on.
0: I I had the feeling like I I I see what you're saying and I don't disagree with you. What you're seeing is 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 not bad. I just I don't like the vibe about this. I had that girl wash your face feeling too. I did. I really did. And and uh it was it was like your your feelings are just your thoughts and if you can just look at your thoughts and change your thought, you can change your feeling. I'm like, well, Sometimes. Well, I have an example that goes
1: along great with that, where he talks about his client who's married to an alcoholic. And she's complaining about, you know, he slurs his words and, you know, he doesn't go to work or blah, blah, blah. He does all these things. And and he's like, well, he's doing all the things alcoholics do. So he's not the crazy person. You're the crazy person because you're putting up with it. right? Right. Right. So, okay, I feel that that's actually slightly abusive, because we you have to understand your subconscious motivations for putting yourself in that position in the first place this woman probably has say lots of bad self image lots of self worth problems Could and dependency co- right so it's not like you can just say oh, you're right, this is terrible, and I'm stupid for being with him. Like, there's so much more involved. I feel like his advice was very surface level. Right. There's many layers to
0: the relationships that we have, that we're in. And uh, I I feel some of the advice was downright horrible advice and very, like, uh, I can't believe that you raised millions of dollars for PBS saying these sort of things. I was, no. I was slightly appalled. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I was too.
0: The The alcoholic story and, and the, uh, I tell my kids they're not sick story. I was like, <laughs> oh, I feel really... Freaked out by this guy oh my god so well, many people love you i I'm, I'm very confused
1: the other story they said was about this waiter who was really busy and he was really upset and he was yelling and he was like oh, yeah. you know and mm-hmm. and basically wayne dyer tells him you know hey it's just spaghetti like you're gonna give yourself a heart attack and i was like well first of all the point of you know, you have a a choice on how you react to your situation, was totally put on the defensive by the tone. Right. So I feel like the teaching was lost. Maybe other people would be able to get that from that tough love kind of perspective. I am not one of them.
0: <laughs> uh, I am not as well. No. yeah. No. It, <clears throat> so uh, I'm going to be honest here, and I actually did not get... Part three that's okay (laughs) i gave up before Mm. then i was like yeah oh and then at the end of all the chapters there's these um uh what what would you describe it they're like journaling exercises exercises.
1: yes i'm not an exercise person and i never do them in the books i read which is probably why i have to keep reading self-help books (laughs) i'm all about the theory
0: (laughs) i was actually looking forward to those and then uh some of them though i was like Mm, first of all you're you're already stating this as a negative opinion that you then want me to reframe into a positive opinion you're not even giving me a choice to have my own opinion about what's going to happen right and that irritated me i did not like that at all i was like i'm put off by this because you're already assuming this negative stance What if maybe I'm just reading this book because I'm already a happy person and I just want to be happier and maybe, you know, give some advice to somebody who might be having a down time.
1: I really felt like it was uh, talked down quite a bit to people having very mundane, everyday problems. I felt it was a little condescending at times. But there was one part in Pod 1 that I did like, which is not an original idea, um, but I felt it was important to bring up where he said you have to realize that you're not your name, you're not your body, you're not your mind, you're not your job, you're not your relationships, you're not your country, race, or religion. And that I do feel is important, getting to your true self, you have to get in touch with those things that you are, not those things that you're defined by. So that was one good positive point in part one that I encountered.
0: I did I did um read that bit and then I was like, okay, So then then who am I? Because, you know, he Ah, talks
1: about... That's the question.
0: You're not (laughs) not your choices. You're not your actions. Mm. You're not your past mistakes. I'm like, well, then who the hell am I? (laughs) Well, I'm
1: actually reading a book by Deepak right now, which is about being metahuman and it's the whole entire book is about this it is an amazing book for everything I didn't like about this book I loved this book and it really talks with getting in touch with your humanness and your feelings and those parts of yourselves that um are undefinable and it's amazing read so I think maybe that had more significance to me because I am reading that book currently so
0: Hmm, I I read uh Boundaries, and I can't remember who it was by, right before I started this book. And I loved Boundaries so much, and uh, I found it really insightful, and it was, it just sort of touched my heart. And then I started this one, and I was like,
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know.
0: Uh, And I I, I don't know if that was part of why I had such a uh, bad taste from it. Um, oh, I'm looking up, it was Henry Cloud who wrote Boundaries. Mm. Maybe we'll do that one next month. Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend. If you have Amazon Prime. I have it for free. It's for free, you can borrow. So, it's it's not very long, and, uh, I don't know. I thought it was really, it was about taking control of your life. So, Monica and I are obviously addicted to self-help books. (laughs) And it is January where people start thinking about New Year's resolutions and things they want to do and things that, uh to, to improve themselves. So we thought this would be a great book for those sorts of ideas. And unfortunately, we're disappointed.
1: Yeah. Part two talks about true success. Your inner, inner signals, whether you're a yaysayer or a naysayer, models of enlightenment and leading with love. So... One of the parts about being a yay-sayer, his example is, you can be a one-bagger or a two-bagger. Talking about you can be at the grocery store and, like, you have a bagger who, like, can't keep up with a cashier and she has to help. Or you can have a bagger who, like, is bagging for two or three cashiers at the same time. And it's all about your internal motivation, right? About wanting to be good and be a better person. But I really feel like he makes, at times, um like a fantasy connection to being a hard worker and being successful because I would very much consider myself a two-bagger person. I always go above and beyond just because, not because I feel like I have to. Other people obviously don't. It might be a little bit of my codependence worried about being in trouble, but I always feel like I try and do a good job, and that definitely does not go hand-in-hand with success, and a lot of times it goes hand-in-hand with being taken advantage of.
0: (laughs) I do not like his sort of uh, dichotomies, where he says, you're either this or you're that. They're like, Mm -hmm. the no-limit person versus the limit person, the yes-sayer or the no-sayer. I was like, dude, people are way more complicated than that. I am... I'm already unhinged by this
1: already. <laughs> you know, and it could be because we have read so much self-help. I mean, maybe this would be more helpful for people who aren't as knowledgeable on this topic and are just starting to get into these concepts. Because I feel like sometimes those cut and dry concepts are an easier way to ease yourself into these sorts of things. So we, it just might not, we might be the wrong audience for this book. possible
0: yeah so um dr dyer died in 2015 Mm -hmm. is what i had read and he had wrote i don't know like 30 books and he started in the late 70s so perhaps if you started off back in the 70s you hadn't read like every book brene brown has ever written (laughs) You wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. And you would think, oh, this is is good
1: stuff. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I did like that he said was that it's never too late for a happy childhood. And I couldn't help but think of you who, on your 44th birthday, had... It was 44, right? 42nd. 42nd. Oh, sorry. I don't know the meaning of the universe. How is that possible? (laughs) 42nd birthday, having a, you know, the meaning to the universe, roller skating party. I mean... Yes, yeah. yes.
0: At Galaxy Rotor- Roller Sorry. Skating Party, it was a hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy-themed yeah. birthday party. Yes, exactly. I'd never had a roller skating birthday party before.
1: And that was his whole point is, you know, don't be sad about not having a roller skating party or not going to an amusement park. Like, you can still access that childhood happiness at any time. So I was like, yeah, that's a good point. I, did, I agree with that.
0: I did read that, and I and I was like, oh, you know what, the- that's mm. true you know you you can't do things like stuff that you missed out on
1: yeah. i did agree with that too yeah and then the final part which is part three this is where i gave up so it's all monica okay you on out so it's have <laughs> a sense of purpose follow your bliss cultivate your own garden and then i felt there was some valid nine questions at the end of the book that i'll read so there were some good points in here like do what has meaning for you not following rules and expectations. And I feel like that's good advice. We're told, you know, graduate, get a job, get married, have kids. You know, you do have to be open-minded to the possibility that you can follow. You don't have to follow a specific specific rule set for success. So I thought that was good. And then he did tell one story that I did like about a doctor um, who wanted to be a sportscaster and Wayne Dyer asked him well why on earth would you keep doing a job that you don't like if you could do a job that you like obviously money wasn't an issue as far as changing careers he had money and a little bit of stability and some freedom in that and um I found that interesting because I think most of the time we do get stuck in our routine and what's expected of us and we don't question whether we could change so i thought that was good advice and actually the one good anecdote (laughs) in the entire book (laughs) and then and the other point there was two other points in here one was about if you can't change what you do you do have the choice to change the attitude about what you do
0: oh very much so.
1: Yes. Right. So I have two examples for that. One, I hate doing dishes so much that I would rather just break all my dishes than do them. <laughs> but. You live with paper plates. <laughs> and I then I feel guilty about the dang environment. So either way, I'm not happy. But, you know, I've tried the Zen practice of being in the moment. And you concentrate on the soap bubbles and the feel of the warm water and, and, and your choice. Okay, well I do have a choice. I cannot do the dishes and then I won't have any clean dishes or I choose to do the dishes because um it makes me happy to have a clean k- kitchen. So it's not I don't have to do the dishes. It's I'm choosing to do the dishes because the alternative is not as good. So I thought Exactly. And then the other one was about a man who had a factory job in Indiana. And he also had an apple orchard, which was his passion. And every time he wasn't at work, he was in his orchard. And, you know, so Wayne Dyer asked him, why don't you just, you know, lots of people need apples and applesauce and all this stuff. And I was like, you know, that's a great and inspirational story, but not accessible to a lot of people. Not a lot of people who are working factory jobs have apple orchards, you know? Right. So I felt like it wasn't, it was a good inspirational story, but not really translatable to a lot of people's
0: I think it would be very difficult for most people to have an apple
1: orchard. Yeah. Just in general. Right. (laughs) So then the last thing was there was nine questions at the end of the book to ponder your way to a no limit life. And I didn't, I'm not going to like answer the questions. I felt like some of them were good, but then it kind of goes off the rails a little bit. I only read the first two. (laughs) Yeah. So if you suddenly discover that you had six months to live, how would you change your life? I think that's a great question because it breaks you out of your routine and that feeling of having to do something.
0: I guess it would really depend on how sick I was. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would definitely be eating a lot of cheese and drinking a lot of wine. (laughs) I would have all the cheese I possibly could until I felt like I was going to be sick <laughs> I would travel to try new cheeses we're having a cheese theme six months yeah I mean hey <laughs> and I would be drunk the entire time I'd be like I've never been sober again for the rest of my life it's only six months I'm just gonna be.
1: Just phoning it in.
0: So I'm just gonna be drunk. The rest of it. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
1: the next question was Who would you choose to live with if you could live with anyone else in the world and had no history with those you've lived with up until now? <laughs> I want to be alone. <laughs> I think we both really like our solitude. <laughs> To be in even
0: like a pet home. I just want to be alone.
1: Uh, I just want to wear my pajamas, eat my cheese. I don't want to have to worry about my wine breath in the morning. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> and then where would you choose to live if you had a, no awareness of where you've lived up until now?
0: I have actually pondered this a lot. And there is basically no place That I would feel like I'd really like, oh yeah, that would be the greatest place to live. I'm like, no, I'm just as happy in my house, wherever my house may be, because I'm not an outside person. So as long as the inside of my house is how it is, I really don't care too much where the outside is.
1: For me, I do like Michigan and I would like to be more in the country because even though I don't Spend a lot of time outside. I am more of an outside person than you and I do like a country setting forests and streams and Deer coming into my yard (laughs) like I would like to see that.
0: (laughs) I don't want to have to mow More than I already do. Uh, I want to mow less. Another good point for the country (gasps) Possibly yeah, (laughs) Uh, I don't know and then the
1: next question is, how much sleep do you think you would get if you had no clock and no ability to measure time? So, oh, that like reminds 15 me. 15
0: hours of Yeah,
1: time. he's talking about how, you know, you just have to tell yourself you're not tired. And then we talked about how his kids were sick, and he said, I wanted to come back to that point, and I skipped it, where he said you don't want to reward your kids for being sick. Right. Yeah. And I was like, you know, let's... There's a couple different ways we can go with that, but you know, if they're sick and they need comfort, whether or not you believe that your thoughts create your reality, your you know you can think yourself out of being sick. There is a lot of power to the mind about healing. Definitely, there is
0: placebo effects proven. Yes, exactly.
1: But if you are manifesting an illness and you need that comfort. There are reasons behind why you need that comfort. And just dismissing them, I feel, is more dangerous than actually figuring out why you need that comfort. And I feel like giving the comfort was important. I felt that was like horrifying, horrifying thing to say.
0: (laughs) So interestingly, how this ask about this sleep question, because I started this book two days ago, perhaps. And it is called... Why we sleep by Matthew Walker, mm. and I am about halfway through the book. I'm loving it it has all this data in it and all this analysis and why sleep is so important and the why a lack of sleep causes a whole host of problems, high blood pressure, loss of cognition, inability to remember and learn and find new things. It's just this huge spiral and then if you don't get enough sleep then you don't sleep as well and then because you didn't sleep as well you it's sort of like a a downward cycle into bad health so some people are just meant to sleep longer than others and I feel like I would only be awake like six hours a day if given the choice (laughs)
1: I'm gonna have to agree with you on that I work nights so I don't I have a very good sleep cycle and sleeping during the day isn't really that great and I could really sleep 12 hours a day honestly more probably. <laughs> oh. uh, and then a uh, couple of the other questions I'll I'll just sort of read through a, a few of them um, what when and how much would you eat if there was no such thing as meal times I think we've touched on the whole cheese thing like I've I, the, we, I a get, lot yeah I would eat a lot me too <laughs> And so we're talking about this in Trent, like he's putting a value judgment on, oh, don't sleep as much, don't eat as much, where, you know. Right. I think those things can bring joy to people, honestly. Um, what would you do if there was no such thing as money? Um, how old would you be if you didn't know how old you were? I think you'd be pretty young. I have no idea yeah <laughs> what, say, what kind of personality would later. you have if you were starting today I mean that's an impossible question like we are made up of our entire life like you can't you can't just say I want to be an outgoing person if you're not an outgoing person it doesn't work that way
0: no, I, I'm certainly going to just yeah. hole up in my house forever. Yeah. This is where
1: the questions I felt started to go off the rails a little bit. And then the last question, which we talked about before, how would you describe yourself if you couldn't use any labels, which I feel is a great meditative, meditative technique, um, even if you don't ever find the answers. So that was pretty much all I had prepared for the book. I was very disappointed. I really went into this book thinking that I would like it i I'm by no means saying that Dr. Wayne Dyer is not a valid teacher. I think he has inspired and helped millions obviously um I just wouldn't start with this book <laughs> i I went on to Goodreads and I was looking
0: at the reviews uh and so many people loved this book on Goodreads. It had a really high uh, overall rating. I, I I don't remember what it was. It was like 4.6? I know. 4.8 or something like that. And there was one woman who was like, this is absolute crap. <laughs> I was <laughs> like,
1: you are my hero. <laughs> Well, and it's funny because he, you know, Wayne Dyer speaks about making your own decisions and not going along with outside motivation. And I feel a lot of people probably liked it and believed it just because it was him, it was him without questioning. So I feel like that was an important step not to miss in this book. Good, Having a good reputation is great but you still even have to question what you read, no matter who it is that's writing it.
0: Ah, uh, Yes, uh, so it was 4.4 4 out of 5 was the overall. And Emily's review from January 2nd of this year, uh, I actually, I think I gave it a thumbs up. I did, I liked it.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> read it, it's funny. I liked it too.
0: <laughs> I can make it past the third chapter of this absolute unmitigated garbage how does it have such high reviews two question marks i've never read anything by Dyer, and wow was i expecting something different i was expecting something warm and compassionate gently motivating instead i found him quite abrasive very victim blaming and hugely ego driven all of this is true Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay that was just mine i shall continue reading I do understand the whole idea of being responsible for your actions to the outside world, but Dyer takes it way too far and leaves no room for the fact that sometimes shitty things happen and it's pretty reasonable to be affected by it. Dyer's so healthy, guys, because of his thoughts alone. It's definitely not just luck in his maybe he should have had a little gratitude for his good fortune. No, it's because he thinks healthy and therefore he is healthy and that's how it works, guys. He's also young. Did you know that? If people didn't believe in aging, it just wouldn't happen. True facts. Hey Dyer, I got news for you, buddy. You dead.
1: <laughs> I was like, oh that might be too soon.
0: That was the one part of the review I was like, eek. <laughs> Funny how your amazing and superior thinking stills didn't get you out of that one in the end. <laughs> bit that really lost me was when he said he would never accept when his children told him they felt sick and would tell them that they weren't sick and to get over it. Wow. You're just straight up gonna tell on yourself like that. Like you are a gaslighting dickhead of a father without a shred of empathy or compassion.
1: <laughs> wow. <laughs> doesn't,
0: doesn't sound like someone I want to take life advice from. I'm no stranger to woo. I like woo but this is harmful garbage and I'm Flabbergasted that people rate this rubbish so highly.
1: I think we can agree with that. I think we both (laughs) like Woo. This was not the Woo we were hoping for. (laughs) No, it wasn't. I loved that review. I was like, (laughs) that was way more well written than this entire book.
0: (laughs) Yeah. uh, I was was like, she didn't even make it as far as I did. I'm like, thanks a lot. I should have read this first. (laughs) Well, uh do you have any other? No, that's no? all I
1: have for today.
0: So that is a wrap for today. Thank you everyone for listening and have a wonderful month. We will see you next month. Bye.